What's going on? John Richards, a cut above horror review. We are talking episode number 55. It is Wreck from 2007, the Spanish horror movie. Some of us watched it in the English dubs, which uh, I wouldn't recommend. Uh, another one of us actually watched it how it was supposed to be watched, maybe with some subtitles, but you know, there you go. But a uh, lot of fun talking about this movie. Episode 55. Yeah, it is Wreck. From 2007, a cut above horror review. It starts, uh, Aura. Wait, I've done that one before. It starts now. Mm, nope. Cut my life into pieces. Oh, ah, ah, ah. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be discussing the film Wreck from 2007. But before we begin, let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, it's Hydraberg. How's it going, Hydraberg? What's going on, guys? You guys get ready to get wrecked tonight? I wrecked them. Damn, you oh, killed them. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. So Hyderberg and I got the memo about the sleeveless shirts tonight. John did not get the memo. I think this should year just be two, a standing. No, ex- no sleeves for year two. What? <laughs> I think this should just be a standing like policy for like a dress code for our recordings. It's one of my favorite movies, actually. Sleeveless in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good love story. I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but it was really funny. <laughs> All right, so Hyderberg is drinking something. Looks like an energy drink. And next up, it's John. How you doing, John? Jacqueline, hello. Hyderberg, what's happening? And uh, yeah, on, good to be back with you guys. Yeah. So it's been kind of a like a a little bit of a non-standard couple of weeks. So last week we had a guest host with Nicole, and then the week before that it was our one-year anniversary show. So it's back to just the three of us in our regular format this week. I'm so excited about that, by the way. Me too. All all these other people, I love them very, very much, but they just, you know, they bring the show down. What? Oh my God. God. (laughs) Don't even joke about that. Nobody's going to come on ever again. We actually got a compliment that Nicole gels with us so well that she just sounds like part of the show. I think that's true. If we're ever taking uh, applications for a fourth host, watch out, Nicole. We might send you an email or something. I know. She needs more stuff to do, I think. Well, a couple yeah. of weeks ago, we promised Bob that he would be on every week as well. So mm-hmm. here we're he just, is. It's week, the next week, and he's not here. So we're just going to poach him from straight chill. Uh, but well, and I love having Nicole on because she usually, she and I are usually on the same page. And so <laughs> I like having somebody else to agree with me, uh, especially if you guys are disagreeing with me, for example, yeah. last week. I didn't entirely, we didn't entirely disagree upon that film. No, no, no. But about a, a couple of things, a couple of things. There were some. I, I think the disagreement was good for the uh, discussion, though, because like, you guys definitely stirred me in a different direction of thinking with that film. Um, and I appreciated that. Hyderberg wants to change his score from last week. I was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I gave it a six point five. I think it probably deserves a seven point five in my opinion. So I could. Do you want me to change it? Yeah, fine. What the hell? OK, Hyderberg. Session nine, 7.5. You went up a full point. We did. Do you want to start low on this one there, Hydraberg, and then like maybe work your way up till next week? Because next week we got a pretty uh, 
dope dope movie <clears throat> coming up, right? Is it dope? Is that the name of it? That's the name of the movie. It's close. Derp. Derp. <laughs> Derp. There needs well, to be a horror movie named Derp. <laughs> a horror comedy. Just yeah. like, completely campy. That'd be a lot of fun. That's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> there was one. It was called House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, hey, geez. now. Derp, derp, derp. Oh, my God. I, 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 we already got a Rob Zombie reference, and I didn't even get into the news. Ooh. That's true. That was, a, that was a very early one. Um, anyway, we'll talk more about next week's movie selection at the end of the show. But for now, uh, John, do you have any horror news tidbits for us? Yes. Uh, are you guys fans of Black Mirror, the show? I believe it's on. Netflix. Absolutely. OK, so uh, there hasn't been a new season, which was season five that came out in 2019. Right. Mm. Yeah. And so then there was the um, interactive. Oh, was that the uh, one? Yeah. Bandersnatch was was a Black Mirror like attachment or whatever Damn, it was that long ago wasn't yeah. it oh my gosh well they are coming out with season six and they oh, have, they have some uh actors already a- announced for the cast uh aaron paul josh oh. Hart- josh hartnett oh zazzy beats and mm. so uh coming out later this year do you guys cool. like that show I haven't seen a ton of it. I've kind of just seen random episodes here and there, yeah. but I have always enjoyed it whenever I've watched it. I, I don't know if it was the very first episode, but the guy that uh, is uh, Kirsten Dunst's husband. Uh, Jesse Plemons. Yeah, he plays a Star Trek guy and like goes in this virtual reality thing. Yeah, oh. he was from Breaking, Breaking Bad also. Yeah. Yes. So I did see that episode. There was a couple more, but they're. I really they're, like it. It, it was all right. Even the even the episodes that aren't as good are pretty good, and then the ones that are like really good stand out to me. It's like a mm. modern day Twilight Zone sort of. I t- was just gonna say that. Yeah, because yeah, it's like each episode takes place. It deals with like some form of technology or social media or something that we have in this world. Like if you fast forwarded like fifteen years, what this world could be like. Sure. Well, yeah. very topical. I mean, yeah, Black yeah. Mirror is like, it, like exactly like you said. It's very uh, technologically advanced as far as what we're dealing with right now. So, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I'm actually so, curious about this one. So, is that next season going to drop on Netflix? Uh, probably. Okay. Yeah. I got an- another Netflix story, but that'll be the very last story. Uh, okay. Samara Weaving and Dermot Maroney yeah. have joined the cast of Screen Six. I'm in favor of that. I am too. And now Scream 6 has sort of gotten on my radar because I love Samara Weaving. Well, and, and yeah. we reported a couple of weeks ago that Nev Campbell was not going to be joining. Mm-hmm. But I guess secretly she is. So she may have some part of this movie. Really? Yeah. Oh. Do you think going after Samara Weaving was sort of like an, a knee-jerk reaction to the fact that Nev Campbell might have not been in? No, I mean, but like, I think that's a that's a big catch for the cast. You know, I agree. I, mean, I think they would have done that either way because they're trying to bring in that new generation. Right. Yes. So I think that's a really smart choice on their part. Actually, I feel like she's kind of a a newish horror darling. And I mm. think that she'll she's a good addition to the cast. Just my opinion. She is a fantastic actor. I'll follow you on that opinion. I haven't yeah. seen anything I didn't like that she was in. Right. Same. Agreed. Same. Plus, I love her name. It's so cute. Mm. This one I'm not so excited about. Orphan. Yeah. Uh, you remember the movie Orphan? Yes, I yeah. do. Well, they're coming out with a, I guess, a prequel. 
It's called mm. Torpin First Kill. Trailer came out. Have you guys seen it? Nope. I haven't seen the trailer, but I have read something about it. But I'll wait until you're done with your news story to to see whether not you much to, this. Not much to report. Um, you know, the, the uh, what's her name? Furman, Annabelle Furman. I think Sounds about right. Um, she looked really young and and not to spoil it, but there's this really, really nice twist at the end of the movie. I, I, I think alone orphan was a wonderful movie and you can watch multiple times and get some enjoyment out of it, but to have a prequel or whatever it's going to be, it almost seems like a sequel for the, uh, for the, uh, trailer that came out. Mm, okay. And she, and it's camera tricks of her. God, I don't know. I don't want to say too much. About he doesn't it. want to spoil the Yeah, film. I'm not. I'm not excited about this movie at all. So, I mean, I mean, it's just like, was the first one enough of a like hit that people really want to see more of this story? I mean, it's just not a movie that I think about much. It's not a movie that I feel like my horror friends and I talk about very much. It's just, I don't know. It seems like a random choice, in my opinion. I do too, but I thought the movie itself, Orphan, was wonderful. Because it had that awesome twist at the end of it, where it's just yeah, like I don't remember it that well. I saw it once in theaters, and that's it. So I, it I turns out have... she has parents, and she's not an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. What a twist! <laughs> that, that, that was the twist. <laughs> she wasn't an orphan after all, you know. Oh my god, that lying bitch! <laughs> it was actually no. It was actually a family drama. It wasn't a horror movie. She was just in it for free gifts for birthdays and christmas and holidays <laughs> exactly right. oh she's just trying to get sympathy i would yeah. actually recommend you guys go see it because i would love to know your opinion about it i mean if you remember anything about the original movie i the original was what was nice i just put it on the spreadsheet for next year john we're good to go nice all right cool i'm just kidding <laughs> speaking of something that i put on the spreadsheet for next year mm-hmm mm. We mentioned, we, say? Him, we mentioned him every single week. So, Jacqueline, I think it's your week to mention who we mention every week. Oh, it's my boy, Rob Zombie. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Monsters. The <laughs> Monsters. The official trailer has dropped. Have you guys seen this? No, I haven't. Yes. Wait, Heidelberg, you didn't really you didn't watch it? I've really? just heard it's awful. I'm like, oh, I feel like let me let me just watch the film without having this trailer sort of ruin my idea of the film first uh, that's probably a wise idea yeah because i heard bad things about the trailer the trailer is not good yeah so i mean not- even for a, a rob zombie apologist like me it's not good it's not good it's not, not a good trailer i i a couple of weeks ago i mentioned that i was excited to see this movie i've gone from excited to more curious mm. The other news with this is it's not getting a theatrical release. It's going on Netflix. Oh, well, that's a great sign. <laughs> that's what I said. It's going directly on yeah. Netflix. And I went, oh, fuck. Maybe we can do a double feature of that and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 22 again. Do we do have it. to? Yeah. I mean, just all right. go all in. Go hard. Oh, it yeah. turns out uh, I have something to do that day. <laughs> You got to wash to wax my car. Yeah. <laughs> got to wash my hair. Um, oh, what was I going to say about that? Oh, yeah. So looking at the trailer, I just. So, again, you know, we've talked about this week after week after week, um, 
and I have mentioned that I did not grow up watching the TV series, The Monsters. I have watched, you know, a few scattered episodes here and there recently since I got Peacock. But um, just watching the trailer, I feel like it's a real mistake not to have made this movie in black and white. What do you guys think about that? Agreed. And I think, like, the, I think the only shining star was Daniel Robach, who's playing Grapple Monster. Mm-hmm. Was he w- looks like he's going to be awesome in this movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the I, and I'm sorry, Jacqueline. I know you're a Rob Zombie apologist, but Sherry Moon Zombie makes a. <laughs> she just seems like she's going to make an awful Lily Munster. The guy that's uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy Herman? that play Herman is. I don't know who is playing him. Is it Jeff Bridges? No, Jeff Bridges. No, is it no, Jeff it's Daniel another, Phillips? It's another dude that's been in like every Rob Zombie movie. Um. He's okay. They didn't give that laugh. I mean, the, the one thing Herman Munster is known for is that laugh. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That like dry laugh. Save that. <laughs> now, what is it, John? So you grew up with the monsters, right? I did not. Uh, not at all? No, but I watched it on Nick at Night. I actually really liked the monsters. So you've at least watched it. What, what can you, since I haven't seen the trailer, what could you tell me that's really like just kind of. It's how the monsters. That, the monsters came to be because there's a part in the trailer where grandpa monster is saying, we got to get rid of this Herman monster. And I was like, Oh, okay. So this is how their relationship built up. So, oh, so he doesn't want, maybe they're setting it up as a, as a series or a sequel or something like that. I'm like, fuck no, don't do that, man. I mean, just based on my limited monsters sitcom viewing, the trailer for the film just doesn't seem like it captures the feel of it. No. You know what I mean? Or these scary monsters could be funny and campy. And mm. it certainly felt campy. Is there a hot rod? Do they have like a dragula? Do actually you saw right. that. Because that's part of you need that. You need the monster under the stairs. And you got to dig through the ditches and burn through the woods. <laughs> I'm in the back of the monster. Well. I mean, I feel like we could do a whole episode just reviewing the trailer. Um, let's save it for the movie. Let's save it for the movie. But um, I mean, well, so we can at least post the trailer on our social media um, accounts so people can see it if they haven't watched it yet. Hyderberg, you can avoid if you wish. And uh, early like- next year, you guys will hear us review the, the film itself. So after all this buildup, we'll finally mm. talk about the movie. With perhaps a special guest. Mm. Oh, it turns out my Netflix account is expiring like a day before that. So I'm not going to be able to watch it. Oh, darn. Damn. <laughs> I guess I guess we'll just have to count you out that week, huh? Yeah. You're going to have to take a pay cut. Mm. Wait, you guys are getting paid for this? You're not? Yeah. What? <laughs> I told you guys I got a job. I'm, this is my income now. I'm rolling in it. I'm pissed. <laughs> anyway any other news john no i think we're good <laughs> okay all right so this week we are talking about rec r-e-c short for record and this was, was my hydroberg's pick, pick. Yeah. so hydroberg you want to um, share with us why you chose this film for this week uh, i chose this film it's it's been a little while i can't what was the last found footage film we did by what um Hmm? Blair Witch. Mm. No, VHS, maybe? Oh, yeah, VHS 94, right? 
I thought we had one more after that, but I'm not positive. So too. So anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's one of my uh, one of my favorite uh, VHS. I mean, not VHS. Found footage films uh, that I've seen in the past, like, I don't know, 14, 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see it when it first came out, but I saw it maybe a year or two later. And um, it's just always kind of stuck with me. I actually saw Quarantine first. So what? maybe maybe it's maybe my time frame is off. But whenever Quarantine came out, it's like after I saw Quarantine, I decided to look up uh, Wreck because I had heard that Quarantine was based on something else. And whenever I hear something like that, I'm like, well, I don't want to just view the remake. You know, mm-hmm. and, and Quarantine was a decent film. It was OK. But I definitely wanted to check out the original. And uh, I'm not a, I'm not I'm not. I'm not afraid of subtitles and reading. So um, I I dig this film. It's a foreign film, which I feel like uh, I also wanted to pick more more of those this year. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, it's just very kinetic. And I, I really like the way it's shot. And uh, I think it's got some good scares. And I don't want to get into too much, but yeah. that's partly why I picked it. All right. Cool. Cool beans. Well, shall we decide whether it fucks or sucks? Absolutely. Yes. Hyderberg, you go first. Uh, so for me, this is a definite fuck. Uh, like a choke you and scratch your back till you're bleeding and recording, recording it kind of fuck. <laughs> okay, very good. John, what say you? Uh, I think this is a good... Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, multiple... Whoa. Passionate encounters fuck. Um, uh, I, I, I think you could do this a few times and then you kind of... The novelty wears off, but it's mm. a definite fuck. How about okay. you? Brooklyn? I think it's it's definitely a fuck. Maybe one that you want to videotape and watch again later. Oh, mm. Wow. So risky. Oh, by the way, did you like that Idris Alba thing I sent you on Instagram? And oh, yeah. Washing, washing his face. <laughs> I, I honestly watched that like four times in a row. <laughs> I saw a Travelocity uh, trailer when I saw Thor last week, and I thought uh-huh. of you, Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. I was about to text you as it was coming mm-hmm. on. Oh, yeah. We, we got to get I'm that guy to do a bump for yeah. us. It's like booking. Dot, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sure he'll jump at the opportunity. Absolutely. <laughs> well, since you guys are getting paid, you have enough money to fucking get, <laughs> just take the, whatever money I'm not making. Dude, I'll throw a million dollars at him. We'll get, we'll get a bump from Idris Alba. And every time Jacqueline will squirm in her seat. And <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no yeah so john sent me this little um it's like an advertisement for his he has he's like the spokesperson for some skincare line now and it's just this video of him going through all the steps of his new skincare routine it shows him like standing at the sink so like american psycho kind of yeah it's like he's bit, lathering yeah. the soap the cleanser in his hands and he's like gently rubbing it over his face and then, and then he rinses it off in the sink and then there's a toner and then there's a moisturizer and it's very sensual or is that just me <laughs> that was, no, i'm sure it is I, no, I, I thought it was very sensual it was just you but by the way Hyderberg, i'm with you it's like you see you see idris alba and anything now you think of jacqueline it's just like yeah. okay so that's why i also think him he's probably not i don't know if he's the best salesman for like skincare because everybody knows that black don't crack so like he don't even need that kind of shit for his skin, probably. He's a good looking dude. I mean, the, he is. The dude is a, he's a. I'm not saying he doesn't take care of his skin, but he's a stud. When I was watching that little advertisement, I was like May, like staring at his hands. Like, oh my oh, God. 
I like I, your hands. I, I, this is all he's doing. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not like that. It's much more. That's exactly what that. he was doing. No, but, it's not. It was what like, you saw, what you saw was that. If he had an OnlyFans of just face washing, Jack would be the first one to sign up for it. It was like this. Take my ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Take my money. <laughs> that's what it was like. Yeah, that's exactly. No, it wasn't. It was exactly like that. I'm gonna channel my Idris Elba when I clean. All right, so, <laughs> so. All right, so. Your list leader, get us back on track. So okay. We'll um, what are we doing now? Spoiler warning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert. We're talking about uh, Wreck from 2007 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it. By the way, Jacqueline and I watched the dubbed version of this fucking That's thing, true. which kind of ruined my experience because I've seen the subtitles and it's so much better. But if you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, come back to find out what we thought about it. Mm-hmm. And Hydra Berg, I think we're ready for that reach around. Yes, we well, are. after all that Idris Elba face washing talk, yeah, I'm sure you are. I am primed. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Idris Elba, for getting her ready. All right. You guys ready? Oh, yeah. A plucky reporter and her cameraman are forced to withstand a boring firehouse on a routine night. What they haven't planned is a site full of frights. A call to a building to help an old lady leads to chaos and carnage in this building turned mazy. As its residents begin to all go crazy, there is an evil unleashed that can't be let out. Through plastic and glass, police hear victims shout. But they have strict orders to keep everyone locked in as friendly neighbors turn and tear each other's skin. A penthouse thought empty. Its owner, where has he been? Experiments he was running on a girl thought possessed. Secrets of the Vatican kept close to the chest. The negligence has caused this unrest. Now, one by one, the captors of this quarantine are slaughtered like sheep. All of this happening while you're asleep. Mm, Oh, that was good. I wrote that in 40 minutes before the fucking show. (laughs) (laughs) I know Hyderberg was texting us like a couple hours beforehand, like, oh, I'm running late. I've got to get some dog food and I haven't even written my reach around yet. I was like really nervous that the cadence wouldn't even be right. Was no, you apparently do well under pressure. (laughs) Absolutely. Can I say two things about this movie is that if you were going to do a found footage movie, do it like this. Yes. But mm-hmm. but the problem with it for me was it has every single problem that a found footage movie has. Elaborate. I would like, yeah, it's hard to, I don't know, I, swerve around some of those problems in found footage, but okay. what, do you, what do you mean? So our uh, camera guy, uh, what was his name? Pablo. Pablo. Okay, so Pablo, he was told at the beginning of the movie, just film everything. Do yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. As a human being, if if Jacqueline or Heidelberg told me to film everything, but, but you are in distress, I'm dropping the fucking camera and I'm helping you. I, I, I'm I going to forget about the camera. Yeah. That's the problem with found footage movies is that, you know, okay, so it's convenient that the, the camera's there. Or it, it's constantly filming everything, but that's the problem too, right? Mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. i think in this one like you said with the the tv show that they're recording sure and then the fact that even the residents of the building with the quarantine and everything there's like a you know a conspiracy going on like they do want this recorded so yeah it's very important that he does record it and for the most part that services the the foot the genre like the found footage genre really well in this film but you're right john there are a couple moments where you would drop the camera, especially at the very end. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I am talking out of both sides of my mouth here is that, 
you know, it's convenient of, yes, she said this at the beginning to set the, to set Pablo up to film everything, but there are moments where it's just like, fuck that. I'm going to go help my friend or, or, or the person I work with mm-hmm. or, or, or these people in distress. I'm going to go help them. So there mm-hmm. are moments like there's a moment where he does put down the camera because he the does. Right. But, but like, and the little girl turns it on by accident. Well, yeah. I and mean, that's, that's where they say they had the, the fingerprint or something like that mm-hmm. on the camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's some, it's on still and, and it's dirty. Yeah. Yeah, so I I agree with you guys. Like, I think the the motivation for filming, like you said, is authentic. Like, they're doing a new story on the the firehouse. So there are, you know, that provides a believable reason to start out with. But then when it turns into so much more than that, not just like an outbreak situation, but then also some kind of conspiracy where they're like like, sealing these people. Yeah. These they're sealing these people in and they don't, they're not being told anything like those are good motivations for continuing to film. But I agree with you that in those moments when you are in active danger or somebody near you is in active danger, like I think any normal person would just say, fuck the camera and, and, you know, set that aside. What I would have liked to see was him possibly use the camera as a weapon, maybe, and bash a couple people with that, it. That know? was my next point would be like, you know, OK, so you have no weapons around you, but you push have them heavy, back. You had the heavy piece of equipment where you can bash somebody's head in to prevent yeah. from dying, you know, and then you could have had like maybe a little lens crack in the very end that we had to deal with, you know, looking at for like the last 10 minutes. But it's, you know, it's there because it's like part of the film. It's. And, it's history. It's happened because he had to use it as a defense mechanism. Yeah. Even your background, right? That's the very yeah. end scene right there. Yeah. Even if they used it for that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and had that crack, like you said, in the camera, it would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I do like how they use the camera in the end for the infrared night vision, the, yeah. the, the, the night vision. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like, love that. It's not just to document at that point. It's so that he can literally see. And at that so. point, only the person looking through the camera can see what's going on. She, Angela right. can't see anything. Only right. Pablo can see what's really going on. Yeah. The spotlight is broken. So it's really by that fucking point. scary. Also poor Pablo. Who is he? We never see him. You never see his face. I He's realize like there's not even right? a moment where he like looks into a mirror and like, Oh, Hey, you know, and like, we get to see Pablo at least like the side of his face. Like we never see Angela never takes the camera over for a moment. And besides the fact of looking at the the, sh- the footage of the old lady getting shot, right. like she never takes the camera. That she- to me was a brilliant scene. Is that that did you get get this? I want to see yeah. what you captured. So they rewound it and then goes to real time again. And I thought that was like a really, really that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of reminded me that. of funny games. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You get like a different side of Angela at that point, too, because you see sort of like, you know, she's like definitely a survivor. But also <clears throat> there's a there's a small part of her that you can see that like she's like, oh, like if I make it out of this, I have a fucking story right here. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm I'm hosting this nighttime show, but I this could like fucking propel me up to like top reporter or some shit, you know, yeah. or the story breaks and I'm the one who broke it. Like, I also think Angela's just like a really uh She's really cute, first of all. But, uh, well, we know that's yeah. your type, Heidelberg. Yeah. But um, she is no, she just seems like a real person. Like, I just felt instantly attached to her character because of how realistic, how like realistically she's portrayed in her relationship with Pablo. Like, even though you don't see him, they have a rapport with each other. 
And the show that she's hosting just seems like something you could watch on late night television, right? Like something that would be on uh, like TLC or something like that. And it just feels like realistic to me that like, I don't know. So I like when she's, when she's actually, you know, dangers around, like I feel genuinely almost afraid for her because I do, I felt attached to her character almost instantly. Mm -hmm. And besides the fact that I'm attracted to her, but. It might interest you to know that she really is like a TV news personality oh. in Spain. So maybe that's why it felt so authentic really? and yeah. relatable to you. Yeah. Trivia. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I thought she, Franklin I thought the actress did a great job with that role. I agree. I yeah, agree. She she's seems hot. like a, a real, like kind of dateline sort of uh, host type person. Yeah. Uh, I think, I, I think she's going to be my uh, female version of Idris Alba. Oh, yo, wow. back off, Sorry, Yo, back off. Hey, I claimed it first. I claimed it first. I think you guys should fight. You should have a duel. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Heidelberg, you can have her. You're gonna walk oh, away gosh. like Charlie Brown. <laughs> let's have a let's have a horror trivia off, and whoever wins it. <laughs> Damn it! I just thought, uh, yeah, I also thought the relationships between like her and Pablo were genuine, but also um, the camaraderie that you felt with the the uh, firemen. Also, in the very beginning, they just. I did, yeah, I, I love the character build of that. It, it seemed kind of slow at the beginning. Yeah. And but I, I thought it was developed really nicely. The one thing I really appreciated about this movie, all practical. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was no CGI like like it shows this was a gory as shit movie. And I completely forgot how gory it was. And it looks low budget for the most part, like it lower does, budget. But, but, and but it didn't look cheap. Nope. I agree. Yeah, I thought it was very effective. I think there's so much about this movie that works. I think in the storytelling, I think there's so much that works like, um, you know, some of these tropes that we're used to in like apocalypse, zombie apocalypse movies or outbreak type movies. I think they do a really good job of handling those in this. Like you have the different kind of side characters who all react in different ways, but they sort of fulfill different roles. I love the side characters. Yeah. So there's like a woman who's kind of hysterical and super defensive and really aggressive about my daughter's sick. We have to get out of here. Mm -hmm. And then there's the person who's just genuinely, genuinely trying to help like the medical assistant. Yeah. There are people who are trying to like the elderly couple find. Yeah. There's there are people that are like trying to find a way out for everybody and just all kinds of little different roles that I think represent what you would really see in a real, sorry, in a building like this. The token gay mama's boy right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Caesar. That was our that was our comic relief, by the way. I kind of enjoyed him. Did anybody else feel kind of reminded of t- of uh, Tim Curry? A yeah. little bit, yeah. I thought yeah. that character. Yeah, he reminded me of a Tim Curry type. Especially with the dubbing. He had an English accent in the dubbed version. And so I didn't watch. Of... I watched the Spanish version. I know you did. Come yeah, and get do, me. Not, do not watch that. It, it like the the voice acting was bad. It kind of takes you out of it. But I felt bad I, that you guys had to watch those. Movies. I know, but I had seen it before, so I yeah. kind of I, yeah. I kind of knew what was going on. So yeah, so I, the one time I saw it before, it was on DVD, and it was the it was Spanish audio, so that was fine. Um, I actually I thought that the the dubbing in this was not bad. Like I've seen way worse. Um, there and. There were occasions when I felt kind of pulled out of it because it's so obvious that it's dubbed, but there were other times when I really forgot so that it was dubbed. I, I feel just, like for some of it, probably, yeah, the dialogue is serviceable, but like I was talking to John before the show and like when Angela 
she's a really good actress. And when she gets like really mad and everybody's shouting and she's like, it's, it must be so much better to hear her in her native tongue yeah. get expressed like these, these, you know, the way she expressed like how mad she was or upset or angry. And like to have that just dubbed by some like possible white lady or like, I don't even know what the voice was. It sounded sort of white in the trailer. It, it, like Jacqueline said, it wasn't that bad. I think at the beginning, it really takes you out because it's like yeah. expecting this because, you know, it's a Spanish movie. And, yeah. you know, you've mm-hmm. got, you know, this overdub thing. Uh, it, it, you're not taken out of it. The one thing I was taken out of was the cop uh, that survives and the dubbing of him saying, you know, turn that fucking camera off or like putting his hand in front of it mm. that bothered me a lot it, i was just like you wouldn't say that it's like just turn the camera off we're trying to you know figure this thing out and, and i think you're right heidelberg is that that it's something is lost in translation here of this guy's getting so frustrated with the camera in his face that it's just like maybe it wasn't portrayed with the overdub yeah yeah i mean i always prefer to hear the actors who you're seeing on the screen, I prefer to hear their voices. I always prefer um, subtitles to dubbing, but, um, but as far as dubbing goes, it was not the worst. And maybe I think maybe it's because so much of it was so kinetic, you know, that you're not always looking at people's faces straight on, you know, if this were like a slow talky drama, um, you know, like before, before sunset or something like that, then it's (laughs) like, you know, you, I think that would be more distracting, but when people are like running up the stairs and like, you know, you're not always seeing, you know, the entirety of somebody's face and it's not like necessarily like dramatic emotive, like, you know, it's like, it's kind of frenzied. And so it, I I think maybe it made it easier to get away with the dubbing in this one. Yeah. You're not even always seeing who's delivering the lines like face to face, Mm -hmm. like you said. So like they're running up the stairs, you're seeing the back of their head while they're running and they're saying, come on, we got to go up here or, you know, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or they're off camera while they're talking. So I think uh, another thing I loved about this movie is that once you got past the, you know, the setup of the the firefighters and Angela and, and Pablo of, you know, what they're doing, this movie mm-hmm. was like nonstop. Once you movie, get into that building. Oh, yeah. As the soon fucking, as the yeah, pace as soon, just kicks as soon as they, and it's one of those few movies where you have multiple characters and they all like mesh nicely. Yeah, where it's yeah. just like this, like 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 perfect blend of like chaos, you know. Like yeah, the characters don't necessarily get along, but the actors, mm-hmm. like the delivery and the the way the scenes are shot, and it's like directed. a controlled chaos where you're just yeah. you're going like this is amazing. I mean, and, and it's just like yeah, there's some overacting. Yeah, there's there's problems here and there, but man, was it fun to watch? It, it's mm-hmm. just one of those ones. That, and again, if you're gonna do a found footage, do it like wreck. Don't yeah, do this is like the third time I've seen it. Do not do it like quarantine because it's a scene by scene shot of this exact movie. <sighs> that that really just bugs me. It's uh, not in, in Jacqueline. Like that's not, not art. Bad, it, but it's not bad. I mean, it's still. Well, I'm sure it's not bad. Movie. I mean, if it's a shot for shot remake, you yeah, know, that, like those. Off. There there are several of those, and like they're not bad. But it's like usually they're pale imitations of the originals. Exactly and why right. do they exist? Like What's just the so point? that people don't have to read subtitles and people want to watch white people. Probably just re-release this film in theaters Probably. again, like for American audiences. Like well, this I don't think movie- American audiences. I, I just think in general Americans are like kind of lazy. <laughs> we are. Uh, no, just, it sucks that it, it should be that way. I agree. I agree. I, I mean, quarantine never should have been made. But 
at all. Yeah, it shouldn't have been. But it, the fact that I saw it and it still it brought me to wreck was at least good. You know, had, it not, had I not seen it, I might not have ever given wreck a, a chance. Maybe who knows? Mm-hmm. So it yeah. did lead me towards this film, which is a, definitely a, a better f- take on this. I also think at the time that this film came out, it probably seems pretty revolutionary. Like I know, like found footage was already a thing, but I definitely think this one sticks out. Like you said, John, it does almost all the things right that you want in a found footage film. Yeah, I, I think it like intertwines found uh, intertwines found footage with zombie with the, the yeah like an outbreak. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think with Paranormal Activity, that's when the found footage movies really started like pouring in, and we got oversaturated with them. Yeah. And so I think the timing was good for this movie that we hadn't reached that saturation point yet. And so I think it's a really outstanding early ex- not not super early, but pre saturation. Yeah. Example of a, found, I, of a successful, effective found footage movie. Did I tell you guys that Paranormal Activity, the original, was actually filmed to probably two miles away from where I'm yeah, at? Yeah, I think you now. mentioned that no. one episode on, for the news or something. That's, yeah, I, they, I, they actually just put the house up for sale. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that film is highly lucrative, lucrative. So I could see like there being a rush to make more of those. Not necessarily that version, but other films of that nature but this around that all, same time. This movie also spawned so many other sequels with the yes. same actress. Yeah. The, the, same the, same writers and directors. Yeah, it, 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 this was lucrative. Like once it yeah. got fire, it was just like, let's keep it going. Let's keep the mm-hmm. money train. Rolling. Also, I like that this one's foreign too. You know, it's not an American film. Mm-hmm. And I dig, I dig, I, I always dig another take, like another culture's take on, on a, on a tried and true like uh, genre or subgenre that we're, we're used to as Americans to see some like Train to Busan. Mm-hmm. Like that's a I, film that like just sticks out. It's like, oh shit, like these people. I, I think uh, Americans are so like stuck in their own kind of yeah censorship mm-hmm. that it's like you could show things in this movie. Like like I don't I don't remember seeing the little girl in quarantine. I don't I, remember. It's been a while. I don't remember yeah. either. Yeah, I, or, she was or, so cute too. She was adorable, but I mean, like the, the the visceral shot of her her eyes were just black and with the bloodshot red yeah, around and the her scabs and, on her face. Yeah, and it was just like I I don't remember seeing that, and it's you know it was it was disturbing, mm-hmm. like like what they did with this film, and and it's like like nobody is safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in American movies everybody's we have certain people that are safe yeah we want that happy ending so certain characters have plot armor whereas in like in korean films or something like this like they're like nah like this is how it's working out like nobody's making it out alive nothing is sacred nope i appreciate that i appreciate that one it's bleak but it's fucking it makes for a good film like martyrs yeah we talked about the american remake of martyrs when we covered the french one never seen it months ago and um i think we talked a little bit about what the kind of plot points are in the American one and how it differs. I've from never seen that the original. one. Yeah. Maybe I'm we should pick it. I haven't it seen out. it either, but I, I read like the plot summary of it on IMDb before we recorded on the French one. I'm sure they like, would, Oh, they really clean that up. It's scene by scene, but I'm sure they didn't show the beatings. That... It's not scene by scene. They actually diverge significantly. And I would say that the American Thinking version that. really reflects American sensibilities, you know, and that's not good. <laughs> not in a good way. Um, but if I could pivot a little bit um, on on this one, sure. I want to talk about how I feel like this movie really connects well with, I think, a lot of feelings that 
most of us have had in the past couple of years with the pandemic. Right. Oh, yes, God. I have notes uh, on that. Jacqueline, so, by the way, <laughs> Hydroberg and I were actually talking about, to, about that. So please start. Yeah. So, I mean, especially at the beginning when like when things are first starting to go to shit and before anybody really understands at all what is going on, I, I mean, honestly, I felt almost like I was brought back to March of 2020 in this period of time that we all went through across the world where nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Nobody had any idea how significantly our lives were going to be changed. Nobody had any idea of the scale of this. We're looking to like authority figures for answers. They don't have answers or they're not giving them, you know, and people kind of react in different ways. We're like, oh, we don't know. Or you're not telling us, you know, and there's paranoia that goes on. We're afraid to interact with our family members. We're afraid to, we're shut up in the house. And it it was Mm -hmm. a very scary, traumatic time for everybody. And the early scenes of this film where things first start going to shit and everybody is just panicking. I feel we're very evocative of that time. And it, and it felt like this movie, I mean, we've said this before about other movies, but it felt like this movie was so timely to, to watch in these pandemic days. I mean, I, I kind of wish I had watched it two years ago, although that might yeah. be a little too bleak, but um, I don't know. Did you guys feel the same way too? I absolutely did. I think it hits definitely differently now than it did in 2007. And uh, like I wrote, I thought the interview with uh, Caesar when it was really topical when they, they were talking to him and he's like, I think it's the Chinese people, meaning the Asian people. Leave. I don't even know if they were Chinese. I thought they were Korean maybe, but uh, living in the building, he instantly like starts to blame them. Like, oh, they're always eating raw food and raw fish. Just like when Corona happened, it was like, oh, it's from eating raw bats or whatever. Like, really, bro? Like, that's what you think it's from? Like, I don't know. It just seemed like uh, there, there was just an agen- a generalization about people that like a lot of a lot of people, especially in America, as far as I know, like we're making at that time, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it was just like a lot of closed minded people came to light during those times, you know, and it rang true for me as like how people were acting during the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, I just thought, like, who knew that, like, 13 to 15 years later, like how relevant this film is actually going to feel to us now. Yeah. And I definitely, I don't know about you, but I felt that more in this film than in a lot of like zombie apocalypse movies and zombie outbreak movies, which are usually on like kind of a bigger scale. This was like a very small scale. Like we don't really see anything. Like as far as we know, this is pretty much contained within the building. We don't see a larger, you know, Uh representation of this. Um, But I think in that way, it felt more like our own personal experiences at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, yes, we knew it was global, but it like very directly influenced our individual personal lives. I, 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 and I think it became like that third subplot of the mentality that all three of us and everybody listening right now has is when the pandemic first happened is you were forced to say, stay inside when the only thing you wanted to do was get out. You know, it's like, yes. like, I want to be surrounded by people that may have this. I want to get out. I want to, I want to get away from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You couldn't. And yeah. You know, and that it is more relevant today than it ever has been since 2007. You're like, Oh shit, this really kicked me in the balls. And I went, yeah. Wow. This watch just really 
made me appreciate this movie a little bit more yeah, because foresaw what was coming up. I, I I don't know, like psychic. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you, John. It 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 hit more personally than you know, mm-hmm. like the first time I watched this, I it, like I watched it like any other movie, and it feels right. abstract. And you're like, oh yeah, an outbreak movie, okay. Yeah, it's zombie. Um, it's this. It's that. It's not a pandemic movie. You don't. Right. We didn't know what the fuck a pandemic was in 2007, but we certainly know what it is now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, this is kind of like a once in a lifetime. Like, this is the only time anybody living now has pretty much gone through this in their lifetime, unless they're 110. But yeah, um, yeah, you're right, John. It feels claustrophobic. John, you, you know, remember it, polio? Yeah. What? what are you talking about? Um, he's like three years older than you. <laughs> That's all, dude. Come on. Jeez. Do you remember polio? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, but it feels claustrophobic. And I think that's another thing that works well in this film is the setting and the like um, self-containment of yeah. it. Yeah, we start we do start at the firehouse and we're in the fire truck with them on the way to the, the location where we spend the rest of the film. But it really is like the bulk, I would say, like, you know, 80 percent or more of the film takes place in this apartment building. And I think that setting really works well. Absolutely. I wanted to touch on that at some point, too. Mm-hmm. I think the. I think the film does a great job of showing like like we were talking about with the virus, like the fear of a viral outbreak, especially in a small location, like the idea of not knowing what's going on is scary as shit. Like once they close up the building, like the people inside have no idea what's going on. And I just think the location of the apartment building is just really great, like for the chaos that ensues in it. It's small. And once the chaos kicks off, like it, I, I love single location films when they're done properly, like they can be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one does it for me. Like, I think it's just it as soon as it, the chaos starts, like it feels really claustrophobic and it lends to like attention for the film. The building almost feels like like I said in my reach around, it feels maze like, you know, mm-hmm. like it, I get it's just stairs and rooms, but you never really know quite where you are, like which floor. even the residents don't know what fucking floor they're on. Like they're like, no, I live on the second floor. No, the third floor. Like <laughs> the building, it just like becomes its own character in the film, I feel like. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that just lends to like the audience feeling sort of like we don't know where we are in the film with the camera moving around so quickly. And so we're just like, I don't know. Did you guys get that feeling? Yeah, Heidelberg, Absolutely. I, I actually wrote that down, too, is it that like throughout the movie, it, it felt like the set was getting smaller. On yeah, that's a good way of putting it. The, the, like, I don't know if the filmmakers decided to do it like that, but if they did, oh, my gosh, like chef's kiss to those guys, because it it. it felt like it did because every time they go up the stairs, it just felt like the, you know, the camera shot was a little smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you learn, each entrance and exit is closed off at some point. Yeah, every exactly access right. point that you're thinking yeah. about escaping is closed off. It slowly starts making this place seem more confined. Even when they find out that there's a, Hey, there's a, there's a uh, textile place over here. We'll open these shutters. Like that's fucking cut off even. And then they use that as like a little home base for the medical stuff. But then that gets fucking closed off because the zombies, whatever the infected, come out of there and then they have to leave the downstairs which is brutal when the lady's like handcuffed and they have to leave her oh yeah i think one of the moments that really made me feel almost kind of panicked was um they're up in the room where the old lady was and where jennifer the little girl Mm -hmm. attacks and so they have to like book it out of there and as they're coming down the stairs some of the residents are coming up the stairs saying, don't go down there. Don't go, yeah, down, don't there. go down there. And some shit has gone down. There. Yeah. So like, what, what the fuck are you supposed to do? It's like, yeah, where you can't you go up. To? You can't go down. It's like, I mean, it's just total um, that added really to, trapped. 
yeah, if added to the cinematography as far as like feeling more closed in and I'm always a sucker for when somebody has like a handheld cam or whatever and goes up to an attic and they're not looking and they scan around and you see that face. All right, so well, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. You've never seen oh man. That like you did see you saw with uh with Sinister. Yeah, not in a found footage film, but Sinister did it. It's it's a trope. Where nobody is like looking. Yeah, yeah, then last, fucking Ethan Hawke went up to look in the attic, and then fucking Bagul's head popped over. I don't, I don't <laughs> oh, okay. I just didn't like. Our last found footage film was VHS ninety four. By the way, so okay. speaking of VHS, this movie had Timo vibes to me, as far as like the kinetic, the the kinetic nature of everybody running around, and the it reminded me of his segment that he did, especially in this VHS two. Not mm-hmm. the subject matter, but just the like how crazy it started getting. You know, once they got to the location. The pace is fucking picked up. Yeah. And once it picks up, it doesn't fucking stop. It never lets you rest. I didn't yeah. hear the acting of this at all either. I thought no. everybody did a really fine job. So did know, I. Everybody stayed in their role, you know, as a, yeah. a manic mother of, a, you know, my daughter just has, has tonsillitis. And then you get that nice jump scare of like her biting her face. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's what that got me. And by that <laughs> point, you become attached to this little girl too. You're like, oh, she's so cute. Like, yeah. She was adorable. I know. Even attacks from infected people that I knew were coming. I was like, okay, they're going to attack right now. Even if, even when I knew it was coming, when it happened, I still was like, huh. <laughs> it was, yeah, just so, like, this is a zombie film in a sense, or outbreak sort of infected film, but Infection. it just does things a little differently yeah. where it felt yeah. fresh to me. Yeah. I agree. Even now. Yeah, it really does feel fresh. And, and again, like just dr- connecting back to the themes of what we've been through, Heidelberg, you were talking about the xenophobia that has emerged. I think yeah. that that's such a like such a flaw in human character that that things like this can bring out in people. Like things can. We saw a lot of cases where the pandemic brought out the worst in people. Yeah, violence and, towards Asian Asian people. Yeah, I mean, it brought out people's like latent racism and xenophobia, and people looking for a scapegoat, people looking to point fingers. Yeah. Um, and and trying to absolve themselves of responsibility, like the mother who's saying, "Oh, my daughter, she just has tonsillitis." How many people did we see? Have we seen in the past like two and a half years who are like, "Oh, I just have allergies," and like you hear somebody coughing, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, I don't want to go near that person." They're like, no, no, because they don't want to wear a mask, or they don't want to like social distance, or they don't want to admit that they yeah. that they could that they have any responsibility. Yeah. And maybe in... you do have allergies, but put a mask on just just in yeah. case. Yeah, but, like but, nobody. There were a lot of people who just didn't want to take personal responsibility and still don't. And that's an ugly side of human nature that comes out that, that can come out in dire situations like this. And we've seen it in real life and we see it in this movie. That is such, is such a beautiful point, Jacqueline. Now, it, the thing is, is that you did hear somebody cough, but you're not going to like run away from them because you think oh, I am. <laughs> well, n- 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 now we you have a family to think about, too. <laughs> well, we- we are now more so now. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is like, like some of these topics that this movie tackled was really like, like, like well ahead of its time. It and was even with the religious, uh, I guess it'd be overtones at the end of the movie where it's just like, okay, so this is not a outbreak. This is something else. Right. Yeah. Which is something I wanted to touch on eventually about the ending. Well, I think I think we have a lot to discuss about the ending. Uh, yeah. Are you guys ready to kind of move into that? 
Let's do it. Uh, All right. Yeah, we can. No, there's so John. Did you want? Also, I'm a little bummed out that the dog Max was possibly like. Come on, my dog's name is Max. It was your dog, Heiderberg. Yeah, like, come on, bro. Poor you dog. Now getting dog food for we didn't dog. even get to see what the dog looked like. like you were getting on. antibiotics for your dog. Yeah, I, it also brings up a point that that you guys were <laughs> making as far as like, well, it it could have been the Chinese people that were in the building that started this, but it was just the dog. Well, that's what yeah, Caesar was- thought. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's let's talk about the the ending a little bit. How did you guys feel about this kind of religious connection with this like Vatican agent who's been tasked with finding an enzyme that this girl was that she seemed possessed right. was she possessed so and so he's the man her here the What's man from Madrid is what I'm going to call him because he doesn't really get a name right like right. Mm-hmm. he's running experiments on a possessed Portuguese woman from for the Vatican like for the Vatican right. That's the impression I got. Yeah. So it just seems odd that he would use this a penthouse apartment as the place to do that. I guess discretionary, like he thought like he'd do it under under wraps because of maybe the Vatican doesn't want any part of it. Like it sort of disavowed the like, hey, you do this, but we're not a, attached to it. But just like so the experiments, he was trying to create a vaccine for possession. Basically, and that's what I gathered. And the experiments caused the viral outbreak, which essentially everyone became <laughs> infected or possessed in a sense that. If this person got out, they could infect people with possession, I guess. And the woman that was in the apartment, the distorted, like monstrous woman, that was the original girl who was possessed. That's what like possession yeah. would look like, I guess, if you had it prolonged a prolonged period of time. She became like really emaciated looking and yeah. you know, you arms and, yeah. I figured she was starving. Yeah, she looks starving, but also monstrous too. Yeah. Okay, can I just say something? I I think it's absolutely I'm sorry, that's like the really the only serious drawback to this movie for me is this link to possession. I think it's stupid. I, um to think yeah. that there's like an okay, so if we understand possession to be like um like a demonic spirit occupying your body it doesn't make sense to me for there to be an enzyme for that that you can isolate and then vaccinate against i just think that whole idea is dumb and it is like too hard of a left turn after what we've experienced for all the time of the film leading up to this point i think it's really i think it's like confused and i think it's like a stupid idea and i don't like it i don't think it's go ahead john no, no, I, I just want to go back to the set dressing of this movie. Is that have you guys seen uh Jacob's Ladder? Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a scene where he's on the table where he has a high fever and he keeps like a, a pretty much a descent into hell. I think this movie really plays into that, even though they're ascending, yeah. Every time they go into like an apartment, it's more decrepit, it's more, mm. it's more that. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. Then the penthouse is like the worst spot, it, it was like zero. An ascension to hell. Yeah. Interesting. So That's maybe cool it was like, a, it, it, you know, obviously the re- religious thing was there, but so it's like it's, but it's like an outbreak. So like the penthouse is ground zero where everything's the worst, right? And then as no, no, down, no, oh yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, the yeah, penthouse the, was the worst, and yeah. then like as you go down, you know, nice marble flooring and everything looks pretty pristine, but as you go up, like that, the rooms look worse. Mm. more decrepit mm-hmm. more uh bloody or whatever and then you get to this because those people have been infected longer maybe maybe i don't know i, I that's I a really interesting that. observation john yeah i noticed that on this watch where it was just very 
it felt very Jacob's laddery to me mm-hmm. where it was just like dissension into hell, where it was ascension into hell for uh, I, Angela and so, uh, Pablo. I didn't, I didn't hate, I don't, I don't think that necessarily the, uh, the whole Vatican subplot is like dumb per se, but I think it's, it's, it's not well developed. I think they could have really not spent a little time more in the film leading us to that as a, the fact that it's a catalyst for this outbreak. They never really mention anything besides that there's a guy in the penthouse that they don't see often. Like we don't know anything else about that. So there yes, was, there was, when you find, yeah, there was zero religious tones in this movie. Yeah. So oh, when you God. finally do find out about it, like Jacqueline, like, yeah, they drop it in her fucking lap and it's sort of like, it's a means to a cool set piece and a cool scene. But it's almost like a way to get us to an ending of the film, which, yeah, it does feel a little forced. Like, had we seen more, maybe if they found some work of this guy's downstairs in the basement or something like that or somewhere else that led us to believe like, oh, there's something weird going on upstairs. But we have nothing to lead us to that assumption until we get into his apartment, which is like, and where is this guy anyway? And who who is the fucking little kid in the attic? I don't I, th- again. I have no There's, idea. I don't understand who the kid was. Exactly. Exactly. I they agree never explained. I think that. it's like right. It should. It should have just been the girl in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just like not explained. I just. I think it was unnecessarily. Like they could have come up with a whole host of other reasons that some crazy dude might have been up in the penthouse, like experimenting with some kind of like virus or some kind of you know. Like maybe oh the dog came like the dog was lost and he found the dog and the dog seemed sick so he was experimenting on him and then you know it gets yeah or like hey the, our dog liked to spend a lot of time upstairs because he liked the old man that lived in the penthouse True. and the pen, and like oh, so now we know that the dog's been upstairs a lot with the old man but we never hear about the old man until last minute basically and we never mm-hmm. see him so well, he what left the apartment the way it was and and bounced. What? That yeah, that that was the penthouse. So technically, the attic uh, it was set up for the jump scare because the uh, the door came down, and then Pablo went up there, and you got the jump scare. So that's the, all it was set the up. The person for. in the attic should have been the old man, not some little kid. Or it should have been the girl. That's what I or the old yeah, man the went girl. up there to, to the girl, like stay away from the girl because he didn't know where to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he hid up there, and then he turned or something, or. Well, could, like Jacqueline said, I, I I think it should have been the girl. And then just like without seeing it while they're fiddling with the camera, she could have gotten down there. That's explainable. But there was a little kid up there. So, yes, that was a problem of the movie. Effective Is there any trivia there. about the ending? No, I, I didn't see any. No, because it does feel a little tacked on as if they were going for something like another film that was popular around that time, maybe or like because even the, the way she looks, she looks a little you know, she looks definitely different than the rest of the outbreak, the other humans that are have the outbreak. And like, I could even get behind the idea of like possession becoming a virus. Like it's an interesting idea, but it's definitely not developed enough, you know? And the fact that like, maybe the Vatican was like, oh, we really can't exercise demons, but maybe we, they started treating it like it was a scientific thing, maybe, which you wouldn't expect the Vatican to do as much because they're religious. But You know what? That's a great point because you could just it would be interesting like, like, lock it idea. up into this room or whatever. But we're sort of filling in the gaps that the movie should have done, not us. Right. Yeah, I just, I don't think it works. And it like, for as strong as the whole film is leading up to that point, I feel like it really does the movie a disservice to end in that way. I just, you know, 
maybe other people don't hate it as much as I do, but I just think it really. Yeah. I'm not, part. I'm not a fan of the end until the very end, which is like pretty much the box. The night vision part. Yeah. That I'm fine which with. Is, yeah. I like design. that. I like the setting that the penthouse has like the, all the shit on the walls. Like I like the, I, the setting's just creepy. Yeah. So I like I just the setting in terms like, of all I the like light. The looks. Well, I like all the like test tubes and shit like that. Yeah. What I don't like is newspaper clippings plastered all over the wall i feel like that is done so much as a way to like allow the audience to kind of get an info dump but Mm. i just don't think that that's like a realistic thing that mostly that most people would do um this is why i don't zoom in my bedroom guys because i have newspaper clippings and (laughs) of all your villainous deeds yeah so anybody who like charlie from fucking always sunny in that meme pointing Um, I just I don't like that device. I think it's it's so obviously a way to like show the audience stuff that they don't want to like verbalize in character dialogue. And I it's just like and they give you zero explanation throughout the movie. I mean, there wasn't even like a hint of maybe this is something else. Mm. Like if we found one of those newspaper clippings downstairs. Yeah. I mean, it it was like like it was always explained as a pandemic, you know, the government. And again, you know, the day and age that we live in the government saying nope you're cut off why can't we come outside we'll tell you when you can come outside we're going to send in a uh health what inspector or whatever mm-hmm. it was yeah we're, we're going to send it in, send that person in there but you have to wait fine you know and <laughs> it means so much more today than it did probably back then yeah but then all of a sudden you get this so would you have rather if we went upstairs and there was like monkeys in cages and he was doing just viral experiments, not nothing yeah. religious? Probably. Yeah, I would have rather it have been some kind of like, you know, crackpot scientific yeah, exper- ex- yeah. uh, experimentation, you know, even, even if the woman, you know, with the elongated arms was just this experiment that survived and pulled her in. Yeah. That would have sure. been fine. Or like his sure. daughter that he experimented on or like was trying to cure and by trying to cure her, he started something worse. It would have it would have been just as frightening of like the picture in your background just before she gets pulled away into the dark would yes. have made more sense than what yeah. explained at the end, which yeah. is a cool scene. And no, but it's it, definitely beautifully shot. I mean, because I wonder if they shot if they created that scene that the, the, they wrote that ending just to service that one scene in the end. Like the, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know, but it's very memorable. It is. It is. And they do the exact same scene in quarantine. So, sorry to spoil mm-hmm. that movie mm-hmm. for you, by the way. Oh no! <laughs> sorry, movie that does the exact sorry same thing that this movie that we're spoiling does. Ruined. It's not really a spoiler. Oh. Um, it's a, a lighter scene movie. <laughs> on a lighter note, I just have one observation. Um, are you guys at all familiar with the movie Monsters Inc.? Yes. Uh, do you know the little like um, kind of hazmat suit people who? burst in whenever they think there's been a human contamination in the monster like scream factory yeah they're like in yellow suits and they come like you know rappelling down the building and crashing through the windows to try to like isolate people whenever they think they've had exposure to humans and when that health person in the yellow jumpsuit comes in that's exactly what i thought of i was picturing monsters inc and it just made me laugh that movie older than this one that was 2003 oh yeah it was Okay. Oh, so this this is actually a remake of Monsters Inc. Is what you're <laughs> Caesar, Caesar played by Billy Crystal. <laughs> oh, his name was Mike in the movie. 
yeah. Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. <laughs> I love that you know that. Sorry, I, I I was married that one time. I had a stepdaughter, so I do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so funny. That's a good movie, though. Monsters Inc. <laughs> so um, anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, it. that's so funny. <laughs> what? It's a, it has monsters in the title. That does. does. We should cover it. We yeah. should. Oh, Monsters University. That's good too. Maybe not as like iconic I, as I Monsters Inc. It's, it's Monsters Inc. We could cover right after we do the monsters. Mm-hmm. It'd be a good palate cleanser. <laughs> We're gonna need Just it. Just do a double feature, Monsters yeah. Inc. Oh. Yeah. One, one, one. Jacqueline <laughs> just came up with her own movie. Yeah. There you go. So um, yeah, what were you gonna say? oh I no, was gonna I was say, just gonna ask if you guys had anything else to add. Um, scary wise, how did you guys feel about this film on it? Like a on a scary movie sort of. I still got the tension from it. Yeah, this is like the fourth time I've seen it. So yeah, I still got the tension from it. So I, I I think if you like tension filled movies and some jump scares and gore, I mean, just I, I, just, I can't. It's still. It's so practical that the gore is so practical that it feels real. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. even though it's a low budget, it just it it was it was dope. It's never over the top where it feels like never. too unrealistic. Like that dude falls on his face, which that scene is fucking awesome because that's like one of the first really crazy. Besides the old lady biting the cop, which is really cool, right? But you're sort of expecting it because you can see this old lady who's sort of like erratic. You're like, oh, yeah, something's covered in blood already. Blood. Her apartment's in disarray, but like you get that dude who we don't even know how the fuck I got. I'm guessing the old lady pushed him or something like that guy just ends up falling out of the blue when everybody's starting to argue, too. We're all starting the the, the neighbors and everybody there is starting to go at it a little bit and argue. And then all of a sudden, this dude just falls on his face. They want to get the fuck out of there. They want to get the fuck out of there more after that. So So fun fact, when when that happened, when the when the guy fell down the onto the floor at the bottom, None of the actors in the film knew that was going to happen. Oh, my God. What an alien moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It had so, to keep that area clear, though, for him to fall. Or for and the maybe they to... were directed to do so. I don't know. Yeah. But they, they did not know that that was specifically going to be oh, happening. What a great and so way to they get got a good like, reaction. Oh good God. reactions. Yeah. So, oh, this oh, movie just bumped up a little bit for me right now. <laughs> just That's, with awesome. That's awesome. This, this film has like a guerrilla filming sort of style to it. Like, oh, this right. is the way it's made. Like, the way mm-hmm. it's shot, too, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I said, it feels like it's closing in on you throughout the movie. Like just the way they yeah. got it, it's just and it's dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot and of scenes. Is, what? Go ahead. I was oh, going like, to say this might be relevant too. That this was not a like a soundstage built for the or a set built for the movie. This was like or just a regular building that they were filming in. So they oh, were just really awesome. utilizing the space. And no they way. have to, yeah, yeah they have to shoot around thing difficulties like hey this doorway is in the way but we have to figure out a way to get the camera around it. And but that's what to touch on my point where like Angela is sometimes standing in front of the camera. You're expecting things to be she's going to move and like something's behind her. Like when the old lady's body is there, there's several times where they show it like she gets in front of the camera and like I'm expecting the old lady to get up. They don't do it, though. They do it later. Yeah. When we come back to that apartment with the little girl and when the old lady's missing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that what the actors portraying the infected people did a really good job like the older yeah. woman kind of stumbling or she's like sort of careening around her apartment and you know lunging and attacking and that i think they they did a great job of coming off as very menacing very mm-hmm. dangerous very unsettling and people um, turn like that at some some people turn right away and some people don't turn right away like the firefighter I like that 
when she looks down the stairs at the very end, like that firefighter who said, I'll wait out here. Like all of a sudden he's turned. We don't even know how we didn't see him get bit. But well, yeah, it, it, that you made me the, sad. Yeah. You yeah, saw the like top with the half of his face bit off. It took him like what? 20 minutes. Yeah. To and like the, the hazmat guy from monsters Inc had said that like it would, it, <laughs> it, it, it depended on blood type on how quickly oh, did the, he say that? Yeah. How quickly the virus would, would attack or attach itself to you. Mm. So certain blood types would turn faster. But Jack, I'm, I'm going to agree with you is that even with the little girl, she had that innocence to her where she would just, yeah. they're just like, I don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden attacks, you know, that nice that guy was dumb though. Why would you get so close to her? Bro? I like, understand so many other people. She bit her own mother. I you think she cares about you. Bro? No, but, but, but the, the way the, the little girl portrayed that it was yeah, like no, this was innocence crazy. to her, like like it was it. just like swaying back and forth, and all of a sudden attacking like a the cop, bleeding heart too. Like you see a little girl in distress, like you, he's a cop, like his job is to help like, people. I, so I, I just like, want to give you this enzyme so you're okay. And, yeah, you know, it was well acted. I thought to touch on that scene too. It's one of my one scene that really stood out to me too. Was like when he gets bit, he kind of sacrifices himself. He's like, "Go ahead, I, I got bit. Can't you see?" Like. He holds her back and goes yeah. into that like foyer, whatever it is, or balcony yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so like our fireman character, I don't remember his name. He's like Manu. running out. Yeah. yeah. Manu. Yeah. He's running out. And like all of a sudden, here comes the old lady, jumps out of the fucking doorway, back into the hallway. And he has to bash her with that sledgehammer, which is just so fucking like chaotic. That guy was brutal. the hero of the movie. That guy, like, like he sacrificed himself for everything. He's just like, go, go, go. And all of a sudden he's gone. And then you see him at as he turned you know but i have one complaint he should have took that coat off and like showing off his guns <laughs> a little bit you know I but maybe he felt that. like the coat was keeping him like protected from bites maybe like, like jacqueline and yeah oh wow john it looks Whoa. hot as fuck in that building you know so like i was like take the coat off bro mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. all right I think that's it. Anyway. Sorry, jack any other major points or shall we wrap it up and give our ratings wrap now, it up it was a demonic movie. Like, like a quarantine building. Wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Too Heidi soon. Bird, why, Too why soon. don't you go first? Oh, just real I did love the ass, like the way they did that too. Like the, the building being wrapped up to where like there was a distorted look. You could not see what was there through the plastic. You just saw like silhouettes of people. And well, like you can tell if it was light or day or, yeah. or if it was night or day, you know? Yeah, so I did love that effect. It's cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So for my review, I think this film nails what is great about found footage, um, the genre. I think it's visceral and nerve wracking most of the time. Like once the once the the action starts and they get in the building, like shit hits the fan and it doesn't let up at all. And I think that's one of the best parts of this film. Uh, which brings me to the pace. Uh, just it's super kinetic. Like I said, the, the chaotic nature of it all is just so great. And it just sets a great tone for it that uh, you don't often get in a lot of horror films. Sometimes some horror films try it, but they don't they can't keep it together the, the entire film. Or there's there's moments of like editing or uh, pacing where things lull a little bit. But I think this film does a great job of just keeping things going. Part of that's probably the single location, too, which my next point, I really like. I love this location. Uh, it's it's awesome that you said it was a real location too, and not like a set soundstage, which is great. Uh, probably lends to like how authentic it really does look too. Um, it's just literally one of the characters I feel like in the film, you know, once you get there, you're there, you're locked in with these people and you're going to go through the ride that they go through. Um, and like I said, I'm a sucker for single uh, location films and this one does it really well. 
there's like a sense of tightness to this building that once the quarantine it's quarantined off, it just felt claustrophobic and like a maze. And like John, like you said, like thinking back, like you said, it does. It feels like it gets tighter and tighter as the film progresses. Like you lose ground. Like you can't go into this room anymore. Can't come here. This entrance is closed. We're going upstairs and upstairs is getting worse and worse. So and once you're up there, like where were your exits there? Nowhere. So I love that about this film. Uh, I think the characters are portrayed pretty realistically. I thought the acting was really well done. Even the side characters, which like they're all fleshed out pretty well for the most part, like they're smaller characters, but like everybody that that has a character in this film does their part to like seem genuine, you know, and like, when you live in an apartment complex, even in, I'm not from this country, but I can just imagine like you get all these different types of people that are mixed up, you know, and then not everybody has the same religious backgrounds or culture or whatever. But like we're all neighbors and like you, you deal with you're like, oh, like someone so and so down the road has they, their cooking smells or something like that or weird quirks. But so like you see all that play out, I feel like once these people start uh, having to mix it up with each other um, and, you know, they start arguing and stuff. So I feel like it feels genuine. Uh, I thought our main character, Angela, I thought she was great. Uh, we never spent like enough time with her that like we get a true arc to her character. Besides the fact that like she becomes like a survivor. You know what I mean? You sort of get that. Like she gets you see a strength in her that you didn't see originally in the beginning of the film. It was probably there anyway, but we get to see it. You know, she just starts out as like a plucky reporter in the beginning and very cute. You know, you know, you guys know I'm attracted to her, but John, she's <laughs> mine, by the way. I called her. <laughs> I told you. The doggone girl is mine. You can have it. Uh, I'll fight you for it. (laughs) No, we won't. But I just thought the actress killed the role. And I think she did a great job. I think everybody did a really good job in the acting in this film. Like, it must have been a really chaotic and fun place to act, like, in this environment. Like, everybody's yelling the entire film almost. (laughs) And, like, to remember where your lines go and what, like, it must have been great. Um, I thought the practical effects were great. And the gore. It wasn't over the top, but man, did it's fucking when when they used it, they used it well. And I just thought it even like the 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 infected, they didn't look too nasty, but they looked just nasty enough. And like the acting for them was just like they were so aggressive and like frantic, like you said, like with the old lady. What, John? Real quick question. Is that when Pablo got up on that table and uh, the the inspector came in and was examining the two guys that were injured? Yeah. What did you think about that scene? Uh, like, because did I not you, like you, it or did I? No, no, no. Because you really couldn't hear the dialogue. You had to listen really close, but you could see what was happening because they were getting. Uh, I thought it was interesting because you see what's happening, but you're focused on the dialogue between Angela and Pablo. And I'll, I'll, I'll get to that later, but I just wanted to know what you thought about that. Sorry. Because right. Angela can't see what's going on and Pablo right, can, right, but he right, can't right. really express what's going on because he doesn't want to keep saying away his location. Yeah. Hold on. Shh. Don't don't say anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so for my cons, it, it becomes dumb at a point that Pablo would still be videotaping, especially when they're like looking for the keys, like help her look for the keys, bro. It's like a life or death situation. Like, yeah, OK, you're using the camera as a light to help her. But like, come on, but like, you, you can could, also look. Yeah, you could look. You could put the camera down and look. And you could still get that shot for the film. And we could see what Pablo looks like. We saw his shoes and his pants. (laughs) I think he had vans on or airwalks. I couldn't tell. But anyway. um, And that was my next point was that, like, we never see Pablo. Not once. Like, for Christ's sake, bro, look in a mirror something. I don't know, man. I would have liked to know what he looked like. You spend all this time hearing the guy's name. Um, The plot twist at the end. 
I like I like some of it, but I also like Jacqueline, you really brought up like there's some parts of it. That's it's definitely the biggest downer of this film. It just doesn't feel entirely earned. And it because mm-hmm. we never got too many hints at it during the film uh, of anything about the penthouse. Besides, like, oh, there's a guy from Madrid up there, but he doesn't live there. And, you know, like nothing even about how weird he is or anything. It just sort of feels dumped in our laps, especially with the newspaper clippings and stuff. And I did like the set dressing and I said I thought it was like a cool place for the ending. So it's definitely a ding. But I did like like I did. I do like the way the film ends, too. So it's sort of like a double edge because like we could have got there some other way, though. Like we didn't need the possession or we could do you could have done the possession thing, but just flesh it out a little bit more. And you didn't. This is a short film and it's very fast paced. And like that, could, you could have added that and it wouldn't have it wouldn't have tied down the, the pacing too much that we could have got a little bit more information in a in an organic way that could have helped out that idea. If you were going to really stay with that idea of the possession Vatican idea, I don't know, but uh, for that, I definitely got to ding the film. But man, I, I really like this film and I have a lot of fun watching it. So with that being said, I'm going to give Rec from uh, 2007. I'm going to give it eight out of 10 splattered firemen. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Good one. Jacqueline, how about you? Oh, me? OK. I'll go um, eight out of 10 splattered firemen. Good one. Uh, I mean, Heidelberg, you read off like almost all of my notes, basically. Sorry. So no, that's OK. Um, yeah, I. Let's see. Did I write down anything that was different? Uh, I mean, of course, the filmmakers would have had no way of knowing this, but I just really appreciated how this felt so connected to something that we've all experienced in the past couple of years. It really hit closer to home. Um, I agree with you that there's not a ton of like character development in the course of this movie, but I think that's okay. Um, And there's not a lot of like plot per se. It's really just kind of like, a frenzied sort of episodic thing where like oh this thing happens and then this thing happens and oh no somebody else is infected um but all of that is okay because it is a really short it's a film with a short runtime and it is found footage and just in 70 minutes of recording you know a disaster unfolding you're not going to see like major character arcs for every single person involved. And you're not going to have like a narrative arc with a beginning, middle and end. Like that's just not necessarily going to take place. And so it it's okay. Like, I don't think that that works against it here. Mm-hmm. We see what we need to see. We see everything unfolding. We see the inception of this problem. And then our protagonists who are follow who we're following through the whole thing we see what their ultimate fate is and so that's all we really need right yeah um it it does give us some kind of explanation for what's going on again i don't like that that's my biggest complaint in this movie is the explanation for oh this girl was possessed this portuguese girl was possessed and the guy was trying to figure out how to treat it I just didn't like that. And Heidelberg, I think you're absolutely right. We either needed to find some other way to get to the end or they needed to like um, drop some kind of clues leading up to this. So it didn't feel like such a sudden dump in your lap kind of thing. Um, So one way or the other would have been fine. I think in general, I would have preferred like to avoid the possession aspect of it and kept it as like an outbreak, just a purely outbreak kind of thing. But whatever, like, you know, you never know. I mean, maybe it, that's a unique idea coming up with like a vaccination for possession. You know, if they had fleshed that out more, maybe that would have worked better for me. I don't know. Cause they didn't do it. I so. think they touch on it in the sequels more. Oh, I'm not positive. I I've seen them, but it's been a while. 
Well, that would be interesting, but just in terms of this film, I don't think yeah. it works. Yeah, I th- I I, think yeah, works. a singular focus is what this film did because mm-hmm. obviously the sequels kind of did something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. If you've ever seen the sequels, so I have not, but maybe I will. Yeah. Um. Anyway, other things that I think are are really good about this movie, things that I think really work are again some of the the exploration of these dynamics between different kinds of people who's going to point fingers at each other who's going to try to actually help um who is just like consumed with panic and fear and sort of paralyzed with their mom yeah (laughs) like how how do different people react to a crisis situation i always enjoy that kind of exploration i think it's one of the strong things that we've come to expect in like zombie movies and apocalypse movies and outbreak movies like in some people you see the best brought out in them and in like the people who sacrifice themselves for others. Um, and in some cases you see the worst brought out in people, you see, um, paranoia and fear and defensiveness and finger pointing and all kinds of stuff. So, um, I, I really like the exploration of that in this movie. I like the way that it sort of, um, it, it, it plays on this idea of like mistrusting authority which I think is something that we're all dealing with in this country, you know, right now we're mm-hmm. questioning like our authority figures. Do they really have our best interests in heart? Are they covering something up? Are they really tr- trying to protect us? Are they obligated to protect us? Do, or do we have to protect ourselves? Um, are our government slash police slash whatever leaders like, um, you know, willing to sacrifice us for appearances sake or to hide something else, you know, all these things. Um, I think that the, this film kind of gets into that. And I, I like that about it. You know, the fact that they're quarantined and nobody's telling them why, and the police are saying, step away from the window. And I think, I mean, the, the, the voices on the megaphones outside saying, get away from the window or else there will be consequences. Like that's almost as scary as what's going on inside the building. Absolutely. Like, which, which one should I be more afraid of? Which one is more dangerous? And I think those are interesting questions that are kind of explored here. And again, something I think that a lot of us can relate to um, in this country right now. So um, some, some really interesting, kind of surprisingly deep themes. Um, I agree that the actors and the characters themselves feel authentic, the way they're written and the way that they're um, performed. I agree that the pacing is fantastic. I was never bored in this movie um i think heidelberg like you said it's kind of due to the single location set but also the the quick runtime of the film it's only like i think 76 minutes and so that's i think that's a good like you know it it keeps at a good healthy clip um it does not overstay its welcome so i just think so much about this works and as we've all already agreed i think it's a great example of what a found footage movie can be before we got this like total deluge of them after 2009 um yes there were other found footage films leading up to this i think um george romero's diary of the dead came out like six months before this and yeah um i think generally people hate that one i kind of like it i've seen it once it was it didn't stand out to me i i I like it it's not i don't think it's it's terrible but um so I, i think it's it's like kind of a shining example and one that is memorable um, for all the things that it does right, um, including that very last moment, which I think nobody ever forgets um, yeah. in this film. So um, I think all in all, I, I 
just totally agree with you, Hydraberg. I think it mostly works. There, there are some dings on it, but I too am going to give um, Wreck from 2007 eight out of ten oh. splattered firemen. Wow, I, I expected yeah. you to come a little lower than me based no. on the one ding because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good ding. And it's the ending, which a lot of films just don't always nail that ending anyway. So, like, I've come to expect that. I, like, you can like a film and not love its ending and still enjoy the ride up until that point, right? And sometimes totally. you get disappointed, you know? But... Totally, yeah. I, I do think the ending is disappointing, but it doesn't yeah. undo all the great stuff that yeah. it, that is in this film. And so yeah. I, I feel I need to give it the credit it deserves. Yeah, so, like the film is still acted well until the end. The yeah. everything like it's still scary, but it's just yeah. that yeah. one explanation of like, what? Like, wh- why? And, and I mean, that is a serious problem. And for me, it's it enough to dock it two points. That's basically the entirety of my, of my giving it an eight instead of a 10. Because yeah, I don't have too many other cons to this film, to be honest. Yeah. But I think it deserves those eight points. So that's what I give it. Johnny? I agree with you guys and I disagree with you guys. I agree with Mm. you that the ending totally sucked. (laughs) It's (laughs) like, what's the point of this? Uh, I'm going to put it bluntly. I think Angela actually did have a character arc. Because Heidelberg, you mentioned it at the beginning of uh, of the podcast that, you know, maybe she was chasing glory. A little bit. You do see elements of that. Her character arc was a person that is afraid of the unknown, right? Okay. Uh, as you go through these rooms, more doors, doors are open. Like you go into these apartments or condos or whatever they were, more doors are open. But as they're looking for the keys, doors are locked now. So it's like that, That as I mentioned before, it's that ascension to hell. Mm. You have one direct route to get where you need to go, right? All, all signs lead to the the penthouse, right? Um, I I I didn't have a problem with not seeing Pablo. You know, he was just kind of your almost narrator of the movie. I just want to know if he was good looking or not. Okay, <laughs> but you look at Angela, and you get to have her. I told her you. All right, thank you. You, you can have her, but um. I loved all the characters in this movie. Y'all played a pivotal part of it. You know, um, we talked about the police outside where what you're quarantined off from the rest of the world, which, you know, which sucks to say today, but we were, we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't go to a restaurant. We couldn't go to this. We couldn't go to a movie theater, whatever, but being cut off from the world, but you did have a police officer. Officer in there, you had two that were that were just trying to help out. This, 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 as much as the guy was an asshole trying to like follow orders, he was also trying to help people. The the fire uh, firefighters, they were trying to help people, but they were just as scared as the rest of yeah. them. You know, I I, I thought <laughs> this movie you have to watch, especially what we're going through right now. Uh, you guys said it all. Um, I'm going to give this actually an 8.5 out of 10. Oh, is it falling firefighters? Splattered. Splattered. Splattered firefighters. So I'll say 8.5 out of 10 splattered firefighters. No offense to anybody that listens to the show. That's a fireman, by the way. I don't want any any Halloween kills uh, people of those those people who got mad at that firefighter scene. Getting mad at our. I'm not glorifying the firefighters splattering kill, but it was a really good kill. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was a good kill. That starts the craziness, I feel like, of this film. I just felt mm-hmm. like this movie was shot so beautifully. The ending, again, it, 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 we've all said it. The ending is like terrible. You know, what? what's the point? The plot part of the, like, I like where the ending, it, how it ends, but yeah, the actual. Right. There was no, it, it wasn't flushed out at all. No, it, it wasn't. You, you know, it was just another plot point that you had to figure out. And it's like, oh, this is what it is. Okay. It was, it was almost like a reason just to I make like, well, we don't want to make a normal outbreak film. How do we make it stand out a little bit? I'll tell you what, we'll put a little possession idea in there. It's not a found footage zombie movie. It's a found footage slash zombie slash which to me it just never feels so much like a zombie film like yes they do get infected and they start chasing you around but it just they never focused primarily just on that too it was like i know but it's about surviving the fucking night like getting out of this building but but watching other horror movies it did feel like a 28 days later you know what i mean yeah it does feel like just on a smaller scale it was absolutely aggressive and you know rage virus yeah exactly and these people are, are, are these these government officials like shut you down before it actually becomes a pandemic or an epidemic you know mm-hmm. now also and like you got to imagine like the police i have the police outside are kind of like the policemen inside they don't have any idea they're just being given orders like you have to seal up this building they don't know probably about the religious aspect at all they just know that like this veterinarian found this d- disease in this dog I fucking that, loved the way it was shot, like on the outside, where it was all plastic, but it was lit up. Yeah, you never was, see any actual people's was, faces. It was never day or night. Yeah, it was just like, like, okay, so we don't know how much time we're working with here. It mm-hmm. adds to the claustrophobic nature too of the building. Yeah, and I thought that that was like a really nice touch to the movie. So I loved it. Yeah. Hmm. I agree with y'all. Uh, you want to hear some trivia on this? Yeah, nail us with some trivia. I sprinkled a little throughout, but there's splatter a few us more. with some trivia. I will splatter you and some firemen with uh, with this trivia. <laughs> Just like Salba um, putting in his face. Oh yeah, oh, man, so sensual. Anyway, so <laughs> I I alluded before to um, how that scene with the fireman fall or the the person fall. Yeah, it was Alex, the fireman, um, him falling from you know the top of the building down to the lobby and splattering on the floor that was not anticipated by the the cast members so that was a big surprise the actors were also never given the script in its entirety so really? none of none of them knew the fate of their own character uh, and sometimes not until the day that they were actually filming their scenes and so this meant that the actors were more often than not stressed nervous and apprehensive on the day of filming not knowing what was going to happen. That's crazy. That lends so much to like why the acting like is such a standout, like and right. the kinetic nature of everything is because like literally they're running around with half direction. They yeah. had to tell that they, they had to tell that little girl, Jennifer, like like what she was going to do. You know, this guy is going to pick you up and you're gonna act like you're eating his face. I mean, you <laughs> had to know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure some that, things were known, but that, that would have scared the shit out of her. I mean, she, she was what, seven, eight, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think maybe for a child, maybe exceptions were made, like okay. for her knowing what was going to happen. But for the rest of the cast, it sounds like That's generally awful. speaking, they didn't know what was going to happen on any given day. And <laughs> is my character going to live or die or get infected or what? Nobody knows. So, awesome. yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, fact about the release date of this film the dvd 
was not released in the U.S. for this film until after the remake Quarantine had been out in theaters and the sequel Wreck 2, the Spanish language one, had been confirmed. So that to me feels like kind of deliberate and manipulative. Like, oh, if we release Wreck on DVD, people are already going to be familiar with it, and then maybe they won't go see Quarantine or what. But I don't, I don't love that. It's that's it bullshit. Feel it feels like uh, you know trying to kind of financially manipulate things to make sure that the the remake you know earns enough dollars. When did Quarantine come out? Was it a Quarantine year was two thousand and eight? Yeah, so a year okay, later. Sorry. Oh, okay, wow, that's stupid. Yeah. Holy sh. I hate that. <laughs> that yes. could have been a factor. Or also to me, um, like the, the physical media collectors like that are around now, that wasn't as prevalent then. Like people did buy DVDs, but like these uh, boutique uh, Blu-rays and stuff like that, that wasn't a thing back then as much. So I'm wondering if also like they realized that there is a market to start importing some of these foreign films. Maybe foreign films weren't being bought as often so that they realized there was a market for it. So you think they held it back so people would be like, oh, I don't need to see Quarantine because I saw. That's what I suspect. But would the company who made Quarantine have any. okay? so already in order. Like, could could they do that? Is it the same publisher? I I don't know. Came out a year after you said or the year, the same year that uh, Quarantine came out. Well, I missed the beginning of your question. What Uh, was it? Uh, Rec 2 came out the same year that Quarantine did? No. So Rec came out in 2007. Right. It was greenlit. Quarant- Rec 2. No, no, no. The first one was 2007. Quarantine was 2008. Okay. Rec 2 was 2009. Okay. So so Quarantine actually helped this franchise out because there, there was four or five movies. It did it for like- me. I mean, I saw Quarantine first and then I watched right. Rec right but then rec two came out and then rec three and then like rec four apocalypse or whatever the fuck it was called i think rec three is the apocalypse. became a franchise yeah mm-hmm. and there's definitely in jacqueline if you do That's, watch them there's diminishing returns on those ones absolutely but i i'm just saying that that quarantine coming coming out made rec a bigger movie before rec two came out and then rec three and rec four came out after that it became a franchise yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, she's saying Rec 2 was greenlit, though, at the same time. I, as I, I understand, but then it became a franchise because yeah. maybe Quarantine was so poorly received that Rec was like, okay, Rec 2, we're going to watch this. It's it's a better movie than Quarantine was, and then it became a franchise, right? Well, maybe I'm wrong about their motivations for holding it back, but I just it's it seemed a little fishy to me that they would deliberately hold it back for like two years until the American one came out and then Rec 2 was greenlit. So anyway, just just a a fact to to ponder and do with what you will. Okay. This same Rec was originally set to be released direct to video. Hmm. But it wasn't. Uh, the directors originally toyed with the idea of having the TV camera crew shadow some policemen instead of firemen. And they decided to go with firemen instead, as they tend to be more popular and accepted by the general public. Gee, I wonder why. Anyway, Bloop. moving on. Uh, 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 I think not- that's a better idea, though, because then you have a, a disassociation with the guys who are like locked in. As, yeah. You know, if you had cops inside and then cops also locking you in, like there'd be more like, yeah, we do have cops inside. There's the one. The other mm-hmm. guy's hurt, so he can't even talk. And the one that's locked in is just doing his job. He has no idea what's going on. Right. He's just trying to keep everybody, you know, civil. Mm-hmm. Well, then, mm-hmm. then it becomes political like that. But I mean, the, the fact that they didn't have a camera crew, yeah. like, oh, we got to, 
you know, there's something bad happening in this building. You know, I, I, I thought add to the mystery. So like, I love that. Yeah, I, love I, like the fact, I love the fact that, that there was one cop just trying to keep order. Yeah. Yeah. As much of his dick that he was, he was not. But he wasn't a total dick. He was just sort of like, hey, get the camera out of my face, you know? Yeah. But, he, but, yeah, it, but at the same time, I was like, don't you have bigger things to worry about right now? Like, yeah. can you just. No, I, well, I can understand under a stressful like time like this, like you don't want some dude fucking filming you while you're making like hard to make decisions. And, you know, like they're going to be documented in case you make the wrong one. So it's well, like he was the only but... guy that he was the only guy that was like on communication with the people outside, yeah. of, like, which is also like totally uh, appropriate with nowadays where like cops are filmed all the time when they do things. Cause sometimes you, you, you need to film them to make mm-hmm. sure that they do the right thing. Mm-hmm. No political, no political discussions. No, here. I'm just saying there are circumstances where that has happened. Mm-hmm. We, we will go down a rabbit hole on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to take a stance. I'm sorry. Well, anyway, so uh, my last, my last little factoid, and this might seem obvious or we kind of alluded to it before, but the very ending scene where Pablo is, um, you know, looking through the camera's night vision just so that he can see Angela, um, those closing passages really were shot in complete darkness using only an infrared camera. So the actors really didn't have any idea it was taking a place, taking place because they couldn't see a thing. So also, couldn't the camera have fallen on the ground? at the same moment as Pablo dying. And then it fell looking at Pablo. So we could have seen Pablo's face. Well, you really just wanted died. to see him. You really I wonder what the fucking this. guy looks like. <laughs> the only character in the movie we haven't seen besides a dog. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Cloverfield. Yeah, Jacqueline, that makes a lot of sense, though, because as Angela is trying to reach for the camera, she can't see it. She's like reaching yeah. for it. And then yeah, all of a sudden so she, she was just, legitimately like scrabbling yeah. around trying to, that was trying to grab his hand. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's really good filmmaking. Yeah. It was. What are you eating over there? This <laughs> a little uh, guacamole. A- avocado. And some chips. I just hope it didn't come up on the mic. Now you're putting <laughs> avocado on the burger. <laughs> I've hardly eaten today. I had like a big salad and a and a yogurt. Or hummus on your burger, right? Nice low hummus carb on their snack. burgers. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> anyway. So that's all I got for that, guys. Sweet. John, would yeah. you like to tell us what we're going to be watching for next week? Nope. <laughs> oh, come on. Tell come on, us. John, we can't get you to tell us? Nope. Oh, please. Nope. What movie are we watching? Nope. <laughs> we're watching <laughs> Nope from Jordan oh. Peele. His brand new movie. <laughs> we had a little who's on first there going for a minute. I know. I was trying to play that out as long I know. as possible. <laughs> I was trying to play it out to an annoying. Fucking Hyderberg just ruined the whole joke. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I could have kept this going for another five minutes. Stuffing my face with guacamole. I, have, I had nope. nothing to do with that. Nope. Looks like guacamole in your background. I was trying it's to draw it out so that people didn't have to listen to you chewing your guacamole. I know, but it does look like guacamole. Mm-hmm. Right? Leaning away from the mic. Yeah, we can still hear you. Oh. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Crunch, crunch. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so John, Jordan Peele's next film. Yes, ma'am. We are watching Jordan Peele's third film called Nope. It looks like a sci-fi horror, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And you guys mm-hmm. have seen the trailer? No, uh, the Western. Heidelberg hasn't, right? Yeah, the you first stayed trailer. Away from the, yeah, you stayed away from the more recent trailer, which really shows a lot. And John didn't love that trailer, but <laughs> I didn't. let's try to go in with no preconceived notions. So let's based just... on that. Jordan I've Peele been in the movie twice since then. Okay. 
since John has told us that that trailer is no good. And I've seen I didn't that trailer twice no good. in the movies, I just, but I I've literally covered my it. eyes or looked away. I, did you really? I did. When it came on last time I was in the theater, I looked away and I and I booked my ticket for the movie while it was playing. I went online. I was like, oh, we're recovering this in a couple of weeks. So I went online and booked my ticket while it was playing. So I heard audio, but I didn't look at the screen. Okay. Perhaps we're going to be one of the first podcasts to actually cover this film, right? Oh, mm. we'll get a jump on it. I think I'm sure true. nobody else is going to cover it. Nope. We're going to be the singular voice. Nope. The author, the authoritative voice on. Nope. Nope. There's no way Straight Chillin's going to cover it. Right? <laughs> no. Nope. Are they I'm covering gonna... it next week? I don't know. Are they? I have no idea. I haven't finished the most recent episode. Okay. Uh, I'm still in the middle. Heidelberg would tell us, but he's got his mouth full. <laughs> With guacamole. I did finish this week's episode, and I don't remember them mentioning it. No. What is the movie for next week? I, think I don't know. What they're cover- no, they're, I thought they were covering their poll pick, but I'm not positive. No, they, they just... It could be the following week, then, I guess. Yeah, no, this, this week the was first the... Day. This, this week, week was, was Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, so that was their... Oh, you're right. That's not the poll pick. That's the U pick. So I don't know what they're doing. Are they covering another U pick? I don't remember. Who gives a shit? It's not our poll. It's anyway, not it's, our they're not doing... I don't think they're doing... Nope. But nope. I'm sure they will. So anyway... So this is a kind of a rare brand new film for us. And we don't normally do that, but this week we're all going to be getting our butts in the theaters and watching Jordan Peele's Jordan Peele's new film. Quarantine be damned. We're going to go to the movies. Yes. Quarantine be damned. We'll throw our masks on and keep away from people and go see. Nope. So if you feel safe doing so, (laughs) I I have a beard. That's sort of like a mask, right? Like that catches the virus in the beard. Nope. no. Oh okay. yeah, totally. Yep. That that works. That's what you should do. But how do I stuff my face with a huge, like, oversized popcorn? All right, and so guys, next soda. week, <laughs> I, I'm just saying that my jokes are going to be all nopes and yep. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, I your can jokes and that's nopes, our... that's for sure. Yep. I can, <laughs> I, I can see that this is the direction we're going to be going in. So that's next that's week. what we. That's what you can all look forward to. So if you feel safe doing so, get thee to a movie theater and check out Jordan Peele's nope and then meet us back here to hear our review of it in the meantime if you'd like to email us you can do so at a cut above horror review at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter at cut above horror you can catch us on instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review and make sure you follow us on facebook a cut above colon or review and uh, thank you guys so much for all the wonderful uh, reviews that we've gotten on Spotify and iTunes. Keep them coming, the five-star reviews, and tell us what you like and don't like about the show because we appreciate it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Guys, you mind if I give a quick um, plug for a friend of the show? Please. Sure. So we have a couple of friends of the show, uh, Logan, uh, Nate, and Nate, uh, Naderade, a uh, couple of friends from the Slack chat. They have a new podcast out called Ghoulish University. You can find it on all the podcast launchers. Um, and apps and uh, it's a watch along of the entire um, all the seasons of Tales from the Crypt. All right. So they're starting from episode one, season one and on. And they're going to cover every episode and then discuss it at length. And it's a pretty cool idea. I dig it. And I plan on watching along and listening at the same time. So I think you guys should, too. So it's Ghoulish University. They have an Instagram as well under the same name and check them out. 
Yeah, I'm excited about that. I haven't watched that show since I was a kid, so I'm looking forward to revisiting and then following along with them. Didn't they drop like a handful of episodes? They dropped at least at two so far. Okay. Yeah. And okay. then they plan on dropping another two. But I did I did let them know that like, hey, learn from our mistakes and keep a couple behind just in yeah. case you have like issues that week. I think that's I think Don't that's give the listeners everything at once. Why you look at me Why you say that? How do you know I'm looking at you? I'm just looking at my computer screen. I don't think that's a mistake we made. I think from the get go, we were like, let's have a few episodes in the can that we can use in case we need to skip a week or something. I wish we had more episodes is what I'm saying. Me too. I I agree. I agree. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's a good idea, especially when you have good content like they do. So, yeah. Yeah. So those those are words of wisdom, Lloyd. Uh, Words of wisdom. (laughs) Lloyd. Yep. From The Shining. Words of wisdom, Lloyd. Words of wisdom. That gentleman passed away. He did. He was like 96. Yeah. Who played Lloyd. Yeah. John, how could you not include that in your news? Because he doesn't like The Shining. I don't. Ah, Blasphemy. I know it is. We're covering The Shining next year. And we're covering The Monsters next year. Yeah, I'm going (laughs) to make you cover The Shining since you're making me cover The Monsters. John, if you ever equate Rob Zombie's The Monsters to The Shining again, I am going to lose my shit. Yeah, oh, you don't want me to equate the monsters with the shining, like That's the shining correct. with the monsters, the monsters with the shining. Is that yeah. what you're saying? I'm He's saying don't saying do that. Again. Yeah, don't stop. <laughs> don't <bad>. stop. <laughs> That's bad. It's bad. Hold on, stop. let me wash my face like Idris Alba. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> anyway, I think it's a good time. <laughs> I think it's I think it's time for us to to get out of here. <laughs> nope. <laughs> So join us next week for Nope, and we'll see you back here. And don't forget to keep it creepy. Nope. Oh, wow.